Welcome to Wealth Builders Real Estate Investing Podcast with your host, Marcus Cron. We interview experts so you can understand all aspects of real estate investing. Whether you're a passive investor or an experienced syndicator, this podcast can guide you on your journey of building wealth through real estate. If you want to get in touch with me directly to learn more about real estate or to see all of the available podcast episodes and show notes, visit my website, marcuscron.com. All right. Hey guys, it's Marcus Cron here. Welcome to the Wealth Builders Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I'm joined by MQ Guo. He has a ton of experience, so I'm excited to dive into this interview today and you'll let him share some of his experience. So uh, MQ, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for bringing me on, Marcus. It's my pleasure. Yeah, no problem. Uh, thanks for scheduling this and, and being able to hop on a call so quick here. So I just want to share a little bit about MQ. He's got 15 years of experience in real estate. He graduated from the Stern School of Business, New York University, and is a CFA charter holder. MQ is the founder of Zgar, a multinational real estate company that invests mainly in multi-unit apartment buildings in Chicago. MQ specializes in working with foreign, including Canadian investors to earn high yet secure rental returns in the US. All right, so that's a lot of accomplishments that you got there, MQ. So uh, before we kind of get into this too deeply, um, could you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and what you're currently focusing on? Sure. Um, thank you for once again for bringing me on, uh, Marcus. And uh, hello everyone there who is uh, out, who is listening. So um, my name is MQ, and uh, <clears throat> I am the founder of a company called Zeger, um, who has been in existence for about six years now. We invest uh, globally uh, within the U.S. Our operations are mainly in Chicago. So we have several arms of our business. We do investments. We do uh, property management for our clients. We do construction. We also do consulting. Um, uh, I think on this uh, on th- for this particular podcast, we'll be talking primarily about the investment arm of Seeger uh, and what we do. So um, we focus currently primarily on multi-unit apartment buildings. Uh, it, it's rent and uh, it's these are rental buildings. Uh, it's essentially a buy and hold strategy. Uh, Chicago is a great market to do this uh, with uh, its unique elements. Um, that would that that allow this uh, to be something that uh, we provide to investors, giving them a high return and also a security. So that's what we've been doing for quite some time now uh, through our investors. And uh, uh, I look forward to sharing more with everyone. All right. No, that's great. Thanks. Thanks, MQ. So I'm going to rewind a little bit and even back back it up a little bit more before. You know, it's great you got talking about Zgar and everything you're doing now. So how did you how do you even get into real estate? Like. You know, what was what was it that drew you to real estate or even got you started in the first place? So I've been uh, I've been doing real estate for uh, for quite some time now for about myself individually for about close to 15 years. I started um, uh, when I was uh, close to 20 when I was actually still in Singapore, uh, where I actually grew up and um, real estate is and later on at university, I, I graduated from the STEM School of Business in Finance. And I got my CFA. So finance has always been something I'm passionate about. Real estate as an alternative investment in particular, because as everybody knows, real estate, um, there's inherent value in it, uh, which uh, doesn't usually diminish. Uh, Over a long-term period, uh, real estate has uh, consistently gone up in value. 
and compared to equities, compared to other kinds of investments, it is consistently, by some measures, always ranked among top earning investments over a long period of time. So I like real estate investment. I actually started out uh, in my, my first investment in New York. Um, and uh, I started out actually in uh, uh, residential properties. And I started out in fixed flips um, because it was a smaller scale. Uh, it's easier for the individual to handle. And then gradually, I decided that um, uh, it is more cost efficient uh, to be in multi-unit apartment buildings. Cost efficient in the sense that there are more units, uh, but the amount of maintenance does not increase proportionally to the number of units that they are. So instead of managing 10 single family homes, it might be more worth it to just manage uh, and renting 10 single family homes out, it might be worth it to just manage a multi-unit apartment building with 10 or more units. And also, um, I have been increasingly convinced of the importance of cash flow when it comes to uh, uh, real estate, uh, when it actually comes to anything really in finance. The, really, the, the way that most people become rich in real estate uh, is through the accumulation of long-term wealth through earning passive rental income. It is uh, some people believe more in active income, and I certainly encourage uh, someone to be in both markets. But uh, from my experience and from uh, from learning from some of the best in the field, I it is my belief that uh, owning um, multi-unit apartment buildings and starting to invest with them and slowly building a portfolio of these properties um, is a consistent way of uh, building wealth. In fact, the best way of building wealth out there real estate. Uh, it is uh, uh, more secure uh, and also it allows for a consistent rate of return every year that uh, supplements your basic income. So that's, uh, that's, that's the basic story of, uh, of uh, my evolution, so to speak, uh, through yeah. the years. Um, so you mentioned you started off in residential, probably single family condos or something along those lines. So you obviously started off working a corporate job. My understanding is you came from uh, more corporate, Ernst & Young, Big Four Consulting. So you were, you know, quite involved in, in a heavily demanding job. Um, were, you, were you looking at uh, doing these fix and flips on the side? How did you make that first jump into putting your first deal together and making the acquisition, doing the flip or renovating or doing all that? Could you speak to when that happened and, and how you actually made that first jump into real estate? Sure. I actually, well, I, I borrowed money even before I, I graduated. I borrowed uh, money from um, my relatives uh, to get into the first real estate deal, uh, which I did uh, back when I was in Singapore. Uh, but uh, I really started to get immersed in real estate, in North, in North American real estate, uh, when I first, uh, when I actually was in my university days. Uh, I accumulated uh, some savings uh, through scholarship and so on. I uh, partnered with uh, an individual um, to invest uh, in uh, a single family house. And then after that, it was a small investment um, and it became more serious uh, when I started uh, my first job, which is uh, as a management consultant with Prince and Young. And mm -hmm. at that time, uh, and for young professionals um, in general, once they start to have that stable paycheck, they have that income. Um, it's always easy. It's not difficult to get a line of credit 
uh, and uh, instead of using it to, to purchase their first home, um, it's a good idea for people to use that money um, to find some kind of investment um, to get their feet wet and to learn through the process. That's what I did. I used it to uh, invest uh, in uh, one unit uh, in New York. And okay. uh, from there on, I started to build my portfolio and then gradually extended to uh, single family houses in New York and then Chicago, and then eventually to multi-unit apartment buildings, which I think right. makes more sense. How long were you um, working in the single family or lower density type investments until you actually, let's say, graduated or uh, looked to make the jump into multifamily? Um, so my company, Zero, has been in existence for about six years. I was doing it in my personal capacity for about four or five years before I started this company, under my own personal company. Uh, mm-hmm. And then that continued into Zeger, uh in the first few years. And then about, uh, uh, but, but quite soon after we founded Zeger, uh, we started to take a look into multi-unit apartment buildings. And we really started to pivot and concentrate mainly on uh, multi-unit apartment buildings about uh, three, four years ago. Um, because at that time, um, the, the main reason for our, for our pivoting is we want to find a kind of investment that is more um, favorable to investors, especially to foreign investors. And we realized that Chicago, because of its unique geography, because of its cheap housing prices, um, despite having a huge economy, is a place which allows for very high cap rates, um, even without uh, uh, the fixing part of fix and flip. Um, and for that reason, we decided to craft an instrument, a financial instrument of investment, which I can uh, further talk into later on, based on multi-unit apartment building rentals. And this is a better investment for investors because it's less risk, but at the same time, it's still high income and it's also fixed income. So that's when we decided to pivot uh, to that and, um, uh, and, and sure enough, actually attracted more people uh, because it's, it's, uh, it has a lower barrier to entry. Um, it's easier to understand for the basic investor. And it's also a tried uh, uh, and tested way of earning um, passive income. Um, uh, in, a, uh, in a very consistent and, and, and secure way. All right. No, that's awesome. So, yeah, when me and you met MQ the first time, I, I heard you talking about, oh, we invest in, in uh, Chicago. And, uh, you know, I'm based up in Vancouver area, British Columbia, Canada. And I'm like, Chicago, really? And I, I, I hadn't really heard of anybody in that market. So it was great to connect and kind of learn what was happening down there. And that's when I actually started taking a look at it. Um, just seeing, yes, there is a lot of yield and a lot of cash flow in that market. And from what I've seen, I, I started looking into it. From what I understand, it's a lot of older type of properties. But yes, there's the cap rates are much higher and you can find that yield. So MQ, you're the expert on the market. I've only taken a, a brief you know, look over the market. Could you, could you speak into you know, how you got into the Chicago market and what is it that attracts you to that market? Sure. Um, it's no accident. Uh, it's actually a very, very much a premediated thing. When I was at EY, one of the benefits of being a management consultant is you get to fly around. Uh, it was a hassle at the time when I did it. Um, but the benefit that it afforded me is that it allowed me to visit different U.S. cities uh, because I get onto short-term projects in different cities 
um, for a few months uh, each time. And uh, I have been to I've been to I have been to several cities uh, on the east and west coast: uh, New York, L.A., Boston, um, Cincinnati, Chicago, among others. And when I'm there, I uh, well because my interest is in finance and real estate, so I'm always looking at the market. Um, I did a very good. Uh, I had a very big. I had a very good feel at that time of the opportunities, uh, the strengths and weaknesses of each of those markets. And of course, I'm very familiar with uh, Canada as a housing market as well, in particular Vancouver and Toronto because I have family living there. So, mm-hmm. you know, through a through a comparison, I realized that Chicago, for many reasons, which I'm going to go into is a great place to do multi-unit apartment building rental investments. And for that reason, Seeger was uh, set up in Chicago to uh, make full use of the rental opportunities uh, in Chicago. Um, So speaking briefly about the market, um, Chicago is uh, in short really a a wonderful market. I call it, uh, I often refer to Chicago as the miracle of Chicago to my investors. Um, there are many reasons. Uh, for one thing, uh, Chicago is the only undervalued major city, uh, according to a recent UBS uh, survey. The UBS is, is a housing market survey done every year, according to the most recent survey, which is available on their website. Yeah, MQ, can I interrupt you on that? Like, yeah. I, I did notice that, and, and I was kind of surprised because, you know, when I when I heard you say Chicago, I'm like, oh, it's going to be... Uh, you know, overpriced market, you know, kind of like I live in a major city in Vancouver. Um, we're super overpriced. I compare like a Chicago to a New York, uh, an, an LA. It's like one of those larger cities that you would expect that it's super overinflated. The pricing is way up and your cap rates are low, but for, for whatever reason, and I'll let you kind of t- speak into that. It's not, it's, it's, uh, higher cap rates and there's more opportunity for yield. So why is that? Yes, that goes back to what I'm saying is the miracle of Chicago. Um, in short, the miracle is referring to the fact that he has cheap and affordable pricing. He has an undervalued um, property market, but at the same time, it's a very it's a bustling economy. So you have the best of both worlds of a huge demand. You have a, a strong economy, which is less susceptible to fluctuations in real estate prices, less less susceptible to dips in the housing market, but at the same time, you get very strong cash flow and rent there. Um, So one one point to note is um, when I say that Chicago is the only undervalued city, I'm referring to cities of its caliber, of its major size. It's definitely possible to get Mm -hmm. cities uh, which have lower price properties like uh, Phoenix or Dallas, for example, or Mm -hmm. Cincinnati. Well, I think Phoenix is, is getting overpriced as well. You see cap rates. It's getting really compressed down there. They are, um, you know, their economy is being a lot more diverse. There's a lot more jobs there. There's a lot of population growth. So a lot of good things. And typically they're a swing market where they have, you know, very high in the highs and low in the lows. Right. Um, but it seems like they're more stable. And now you're seeing the cap rates compress and it's getting very pricey in that market. Yes. I don't, I don't usually compare Chicago really with those markets. I compare Chicago with cities of the same caliber, like New York and LA, yeah. because it's obvious that econ- economies which are uh, on a less solid footing than Chicago, Chicago is the third largest economy in the States, 
economies which are smaller than that obviously have cheaper properties. But Chicago of its caliber and the amount of absolute rent that you can get on it. Of course, New York and LA are the top of that list of about, on average, about $3,000 a month, which is the highest in the US. Chicago is the second tier of Jewish, just falls below that category, still very high rent. Uh, and yet, uh, it has properties whose price is uh, very much lower than what they should be if you take a look at comparable cities across the world of similar size, like Vancouver, Toronto, New York, LA, Milan, uh, Beijing, and so on. Uh, there are a few reasons for that. Um, one reason is that the Midwest has always been not a hotbed for speculation of properties. Um, investors, in particular Chinese investors, who are really driving uh, this, this, this influx of capital um, into investment properties around the world, uh, they don't tend to invest uh, in the Midwest. They tend to invest in the East Coast, they tend to invest in the West Coast. Uh, so they don't really tend to to speculate in the Midwest. So that's certainly why the one of the, that's one of the reasons why the pricing has been down. Now, in the in in, in some years prior, the the mm-hmm. the local government has had budget issues, which is another reason why the uh, the housing market the prices are not actually that high. And then another important reason is actually the, the internal strength of Chicago. Chicago is the most diversified economy in the U.S. Uh, which means, which actually means not more than 12% of the labor force is in any of uh, Chicago's industries. And that's rather amazing um, because it means that Chicago is ranked actually within the top three or the top five in all of the major industries almost uh, in the U.S. So any fall in any industry will not really unduly affect Chicago. So um, economies such as this, like in Chicago, um, you see a very flat, I wouldn't say absolutely flat, but you see a flat steady rate of appreciation of about 1% to 3% a year. Um, and in exchange for that, you have a very stable market mm-hmm. that seldom dips, even, even during the 2008 financial crisis, and always comes back up quite soon after that, even if it does dip. And then on the other hand, uh, you have the stability on one hand, and on the other hand, you have high absolute rents, and you have a high demand because of the, the size of the economy, uh, and you have uh, uh, and you have cheap property prices. So when you combine these two together, you have very high rental yields. You can get about eight to ten percent cap rate in certain neighborhoods in Chicago, and this is net of all expenses um, compared to um, let's say two to three percent in New York or in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's the cap rates we're used to seeing out in in Vancouver area, and it's crazy, but. No, I, I appreciate you digging into the Chicago market and kind of sharing with our audience uh, to help them understand more about what's going on in your in uh, the area that you're investing in. So I kind of want to dig into a little bit um, on what you're currently doing with Zigar right now and what you're looking for in your deals. So could you touch on this, the certain uh, criteria of the deals or the properties that you're trying to uh, acquire from you know number of units, dollar value, age of property? Um, could you kind of speak into um, what you're looking for in your properties? Sure, Marcus. Um, <clears throat> what underlies the um, our strategy uh, and our search for these properties is the philosophy of our company, which is we consistently try to look for high return and low risk um, investments for our investors. And what that means in terms of high return and low risk is that we try to find 
um, multi-unit apartment buildings, which have a good track record um, of, uh, of, of, of tenants um, paying on time, which have uh, a high occupancy rate, hence the security. But at the same time, it allows for a high return uh, on the investments. Um, so we try to find investments like this that, are, that have secure returns, which are um, at the same time pretty high uh, compared to other uh, secure uh, investments. So the kind of properties that we usually look for are fully tenanted properties, or at least with a 90% occupancy ratio and above, uh, typically 10 units and up, um, that require no uh, large uh, capital expenditure because uh, we've tried to we try to uh, um, suddenly reduce the costs and increase the uh, the the net profit the uh, the cap rate across the years. So we don't want any capital expenditures to to detract from that. So uh, these properties will be in uh, a good neighborhoods in Chicago, which have good uh, appreciation potential. For example, we have one property right now in the neighborhood of South Shore. That's where the uh, Obama campus, President the presidential campus is being built. And so there's a lot of mm -hmm. uh, appreciation potential there. So we look for a, we look for a, a, a mostly tenanted property um, in, a, in a good neighborhood that uh, does not have, does not require a, cap, a huge capital expenditure into it uh, for the next few years. And the amount of uh, investment that we usually look for um, the minimum investment to invest in one property uh, because we want to qualify for the uh, Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae small balance business loan, which starts at a million. Right. So we typically um, only do properties which are about 1.25 million and up, which means that the minimum mm -hmm. investment in each property in terms of the down payment is about 250,000. So these are the kind of- And how many units does, how many units does that buy you um, if you're going to be getting a, a $1.25 million uh, property, you know, what, what's the unit count that you typically see on a deal that size? It's uh, well, it varies, depends on the neighborhood, but it's usually about 10 units, 10 units and up, uh, uh, depending on the neighborhood. Yeah. Do you have a, a bread and butter, you know, do this in my sleep? Like this is the deal from deal size to number of units, just from the property management side, like it's easier because it's a certain amount of units and you've just perfected the system on how you asset manage like do you have a, a specific type of unit or unit count that you'd be like yeah that's that's what we're aiming for um yes we we are very systematic in the way that we it's actually a, i always refer to it as, a, as an assembly line process um the the people that we work with the the brokers uh, the lenders uh, we have a systematic way of sourcing for these properties and then proceeding with the loans and so on the, tip, the, the ideal kind of a property would be, say, about anywhere from 10 to 30 units, uh, anywhere from 2 to $5 million. Uh, it would have a cap rate, a net, of about 8 to 10%. And it should be fully tenanted or close to fully tenanted. And uh, the building itself can be old, but it should have gone through a recent renovation. And we have our own contractors. Um, we have our own inspection team that, go, that goes to take a look at the property to make sure that the mechanicals uh, and structurally the property is new and, and, and um, does not require excess capital expenditures uh, over the next few years. And 
when we get such a deal from our broker, our lender vets it immediately who we are who we work in close contact with. And we want to the ideal kind of property would be something that something that qualifies for um, the eighty percent LTV um, uh, non recourse uh, law uh, from uh, a commercial lender. So that will be that will be an ideal deal. Such deals exist. Uh, it is a challenge to find them, but hence the purpose of our company. Right. So you feel that you've got pretty um, strong deal flow. Like you're basically using relationships with your brokers uh, to source your deals or do you have any other strategies because everybody talks about getting off market deals and, and finding those pocket listings from brokers that haven't you know went on the listing site so then they start getting bid up in price um, so what is your main strategy for sourcing your deals and making sure that you get those those uh, deals before they've been looked over by everybody on the market that's a good that's a good question um, on one hand, uh, you know, we pride ourselves on the, <clears throat> the agents that we work with who, um, through frequent communication, through uh, previous collaboration, have a good idea of the kind of deals that we're looking for. Um, so, they, so they do not just push deals to us, uh, but rather they screen the deals in a way that uh, they know will suit our preferences. And we work with uh, local brokerages uh, uh, that specialize in certain neighborhoods that we have had experience with. So uh, brokerages like uh, Kaiser or Interra, for example. So these are some of the mm. main players. Uh, they may not be <clears throat> commonly known names, but they are, they are some of the main players in the Chicago market. So um, we have had, we have uh, through uh, our years of, of, of uh, owning and managing these properties, um, have a sizable presence in certain neighborhoods. So once you reach that level, um, it's uh, on one hand not difficult uh, to use the signage, what do you call them, signs, uh, which are displayed prominently uh, outside of our buildings to attract the attention of people who are potentially brokers or buyers uh, that are in the neighborhood. And also, uh, because we constantly uh, drive around these neighborhoods, we speak to people in the neighborhoods. So we, it is uh, that much easier to find people who have such great deals because it's really through word of mouth. Uh, uh, and uh, well, if you're good, you, that's, of course you can, you can distribute pamphlets to select neighborhoods. Uh, but we have, that's what we did when we um, started out. But now that we've already seized the foothold, we have had an established presence. It's not difficult for us to speak to residents uh, and always be on the know uh, for some, uh, buildings in the neighborhood which are not on the market, um, which uh, uh, which have recently been taken over by new owners who are thinking of what to do with them. So through word of mouth, through just frequent contacts and conversations, it's possible to have a keen ear on the market, and uh, and uh, it, it really and it compounds, it snowballs um, once you have an established presence. That's awesome. No, thanks for sharing that. Um, because that's uh, the biggest part of it. Well, it's one of the pieces of the, the, you know, many moving parts in putting together a deal in multifamily, finding the deals and making sure you have quality deal flow to acquire and, and bring investors into. Um, so that's one of the next pieces I actually want to address is the, you know, I know you've talked a little bit about the debt, um, you know, going about 80% LTV on your deals and how you kind of bring that together. I want you to speak a little bit into 
the capital side or the equity. It's, it's, I find it interesting on how you go about your deals, where you structure them as joint ventures. Um, I see a lot of people in the space, um, in, in my background, I'm actually working in, within a fund, um, which is a totally different vehicle altogether from, from uh, syndication or single asset acquisition. And then there's yourself, who's actually going out and doing joint ventures on each individual deal. So can you speak um, a little bit more about how you structure those deals and how you bring in your investors and source the equity for making an acquisition? Sure. We actually have our own fund as well uh, for, small, for smaller investors. Um, but we generally prefer to do joint ventures. And here's why. On one hand, um, investors uh, have a lot more, uh, they're a lot more at ease. They feel um, that there's more security because they have title to the property if we do a joint venture. Um, the money also does not come through our hands. It goes directly towards the acquisition of the property. The, they also have uh, more control uh, over the decision process when it comes to the property. So this is something that investors do prefer. Uh, of course, the assumption is that they have sufficient money which allows us to go into a joint partnership, joint venture with them. We typically try to eschew um, to stay away from joint ventures, which have more than, uh, apart from us, uh, two other members, because it, it just becomes convoluted and every additional partner in a joint venture agreement adds more risk to the other partners in the joint venture agreement. So we usually work with investors who have minimum of uh, 250,000 uh, USD. And uh, we do this joint venture, we do a joint venture deal with them such that they contribute most uh, of the money uh, in terms of down payment and we take care of everything else from acquisition of the property to financing the property to maintaining the property to managing the property uh, to the eventual uh, sale and uh, or refinancing of the property. They, their um, uh, feedback is uh, valued and uh, solicited throughout this entire process because they are also an owner of the property. Uh, but they usually give us discretionary ability to make uh, decisions on their behalf. So this is uh, this is what we do for uh, for joint ventures. Now, for investors who have less money, who have less than two hundred fifty thousand, um, <clears throat> it doesn't really make sense for them to uh, uh, do a joint venture with us because that amount of money is insufficient. Now they can pool their money with other investors uh, by investing in uh, our portfolio. Of properties um, and that's definitely also an approach and uh, mm -hmm. uh, that one that would be something that uh, we give them a fixed return of about eight percent every year so whereas the joint venture is something that's variable return because uh, they get the monthly rental income and then depending on how the market is doing at the sale or refinance of the property they also get appreciation so depending on investors' preference, some might like to get a fixed rate of interest. Uh, and the amount that we offer, which is 8%, is relatively high in the market when it comes to secure investments. It is secure because it is investment that's backed by um, a, a fully occupied property. Um, so that's already currently um, cash generating through rents. Uh, and also it's secured against the property itself. So that's why it's secured and it's usually about 8%. Or, and also, or, or for investors who want to earn higher returns or don't like a fixed return, they want to gain more of the upside, they can, <clears throat> they can do joint ventures with us. 
and then they would have uh, they would get on average about 10 to 15 percent a year uh, and most of that actually comes from the cash flow we take a very conservative one percent appreciation mm-hmm. estimate per year uh, as the appreciation target um, uh, so most of the money in both cases actually comes from the, the cash flow so we're staying true to our philosophy that any kind of good deal when it comes to you know rent or buy and hold should have most of its value uh, from the cash flow component, and preferably without value add, probably preferably without value add that always adds risk to the project. So all of the projects that we have that we do um, have very limited amounts of value add, are fully tenanted, and also um, uh, do not. Uh, uh, place huge bets on future appreciation. So they are secure investment in this, in this sense. And at the same time, they give high returns mm-hmm. to our investment. No, that's awesome. Hey, MQ. So I just learned about this. You were just sharing this with me before the call here. And I think it's something really cool that um, even though we don't have a, a ton of more time, you know, I want to be respectful of your time on this call um, that you've slotted me in here for um, in, our, in our audience. But um, I want you to be able to share with your audience um, really quick, what you're currently working on with this course that you're coming out with, uh, just so we have an idea. Uh, and I think you mentioned that it'll be coming up in the next month or so, or a couple of months. I don't want to speak out of, out of line here. Can you talk a little bit about that that course that you've got coming up? Sure. Yes. Uh, it's a it's a logical next step for our company. And thanks for mentioning that, Marcus. Um, so what we do, uh, what we do primarily is, uh, aside from other arms of business, construction and consulting and property management what we primarily do now is investments it's about uh, um, seeking investments from individuals from investors who want to earn a high and secure income in a in in a great location that facilitates that which is chicago right as you can imagine that's a lot of education that's involved Uh, that's not that's a lot of knowledge that uh, needs to be shared at the beginning and more importantly, it often requires a mindset change on investors. Because sometimes investors, um, and everybody is potential investors, because everybody wants to earn money on their money, right? Um, many of the times investors don't know what they're looking for. Or they have in their mind a particular strategy um, without knowing uh, that that really is the best strategy, right? For example, someone who has, some, who has an amount of money, let's say, 100, 200,000 from inheritance and just wants to put their money in, uh, in doing a fix and flip without really being consciously choosing between, let's say, a passive investment versus an active fix and flip investment. So education is key. And we find it beneficial uh, and also uh, a logical uh, for us to uh, develop a course um, that teaches people the benefit of passive income, the benefit of earning passive cash flow through rental apartment buildings. Uh, and why um, it is important uh, to consider this as a way of generating uh, long-term wealth. In our way, in our thinking, the best and most sensible way of generating long-term wealth by accumulating a portfolio of multi-unit apartment buildings that gradually increase your, your cash flow. Uh, and for every property that you do, you can refinance after a while uh, and take our money to do other properties. So this course, uh, the name of it is called the Ultimate Passive Income Formula. Uh, you'll be a course on Thinkific, uh, which is uh, one of the world's largest uh, course-providing platforms. And it is designed with the intention 
to get the average investor, to get the average person, um, uh, to make them aware of the importance of passive income and to provide a brief roadmap on how to get a passive income through investing in multi-unit apartment buildings. And uh, also, very importantly, giving them several approaches to do this. One way is to do it themselves, to provide a brief overview. Uh, one way is to do that, do that with other companies, uh, such as us, who specialize in doing the due diligence and overcoming some of the challenges that cause low returns for people sometimes who try to do this on their own. And another very, very important way that people don't realize is if they, even if they don't have the capital, they can become our affiliate partners of ours. And they can bring in people who have the money, who have the capital um, uh, to invest with us. And they themselves can be also uh, a, a, an equity partner. Uh, and that's a good way for them to, even though they don't have the capital, but by spreading the word, um, they themselves can have an equity and in investment which they have invested no money to in. And that allows them to build the, uh, the passive income, albeit at a lower rate because uh, they don't have any initial investments. But you know, it's a good way for people who are interested, uh, have no capital, but still, but have a lot of people who do and want to, uh, to, want to earn an income. So there are different ways to do this. And it will be a brief, um, uh, easily understandable course that really goes through the importance uh, of passive income and how to quickly achieve it. And after this, we uh, uh, intend to develop a, a course which goes more in depth into the technicalities. Oh, that's great. And I was really interested and intrigued when you sh just shared this with me when we had a call earlier uh, this evening and and uh, just wanted the listeners to have a chance to hear about what you're working on because I really do respect what you're putting together with a course like that. I mean, I think the biggest challenge or hurdle in this space or even passive income in general is people just aren't educated enough, right? They're not consuming the right education or, or looking at the right reading the right books or uh, listening to the right podcasts or whatever it is this is there's a space especially in real estate you know getting that passive income multifamily real estate is, is such a i mean i love the asset class and you know by you putting out educational content for others to learn how they can generate that passive income and, and get their money start working for them to start building wealth it's so important and and education is the key piece to that so i really appreciate you sharing that today Sure. And if I can, uh, if I can add one yep. point to that, Marcus, uh, that would be, um, it's important for people to know uh, that investing in multi-unit apartment buildings to earn high passive income, it's not something that's beyond the kind of understanding of the person who actually do that and generate. The reason is because it's very, very difficult for a person to change their attitude. And by changing their attitude towards something, change their actions so they're behaving outside of their comfort zone. That's actually the number one reason why, why, why people in general are, are not more successful uh, in various areas of their life. Uh, we know what's the right thing to do in various aspects of our life. We know we need to exercise more. We know that we need to exercise in a certain way, to eat in a certain way, to conduct ourselves in a certain way in life or in business. But the first step is always a mindset change. A paradigm shift, if you will. It's always recognition. And the second thing, which is equally important but very difficult, is change. Is is a change in action? Um, because without a behavior change, without adapting yourself, 
you can never you can never become the future you that you desire. So these two things are very very important: the attitude change and actually the behavioral change. That's the important thing that we want to impart in this course as well, uh, and 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 try to shake people up uh, and really look into this as an opportunity. And it's not just about teaching them because people learn and then they forget. Uh, it's not just about the knowledge, but it's also about uh, uh, just making people aware of the impact and how they can break their existing mold and to get into something which 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 would lead to something that's uh, going to be good for them in the long run. So that's something very important that we'll be we'll be talking about in the course as well. No, and I hundred percent agree with that. The biggest thing in this in this industry for sure is becomes a mindset shift, right? Having the mind of um, delaying gratification now to put it into assets that are actually going to generate you passive income and start earning you income while you sleep. And that's the whole goal of what what we look to accomplish here in, in investing into multifamily real estate. So um, thanks for that, MQ. I'll definitely have to, you'll have to send me a link to um, how we can access that course down the road. And I'll, I'll definitely put that in the show notes uh, to this episode. But what I want to do before we wrap up this conversation is I want to take it into the final four questions where you're just going to give a short to the point answers to these final questions. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So what is your favorite uh, real estate or business book? There are quite a, there are quite a few. Uh, my, my number one is, uh, is, is definitely Miyosaki's uh, 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 Rich Dad Poor Dad. That one definitely changed my life. Um, I remember reading that one and it just, it's one of those books that shifts your, your mindset and gets you thinking uh, about buying assets and that can generate you income. It's very pertinent because it's all about why cash flow is king and why cash flow is really the number one way of generating long-term wealth. So it's very pertinent to, to everything that I've said in this, in this uh, focus. So what is one thing you wish you knew uh, when you got started in investing in real estate? Um, I would say two things. <laughs> one thing is, um, pe- one thing, and I'm sure this is something that, that people wish they knew as well, is there is never an optimal time to start. You know, people always think that I want to have 10,000 or 100,000 in my savings before I start. But you can start investment of any amount and there's always a way for you to take out credit as long as you have a stable job. And taking out credit at a low interest rate, especially in, in, in such times, and using it to build an income early is certainly a more sensible thing, a thing to do than investing four or five hours into your work every week just so that you can get that uh, limited bonus at the end of, uh, for your job at the end of every year. So it's, once again, it comes to the mindset change. Uh, it's never too early to mm-hmm. start. And the second thing is there are always mm-hmm. people to help you, like our company. So it's not something that you need to really sit down and you know, decide to do a mind map over several days before you decide to start. It's a learning process and it's never too early to start learning. No, that's perfect. And, and what's a daily habit that helps you be successful in real estate? Um, I would say is to, uh, to, to keep an open mind. Um, and that's really important in real estate um, because at any point in time, you want to ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I investing in what I'm investing? It's something that I, was, I just thought about doing and I've been doing for the last 10 or 20 years because of some vague conception that this is the way to invest. Or is it something that's based on research through talking with professionals and experts and, uh, and, 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 and through that deciding that this is the best way to invest? Many people fall into the former category. 
they 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 have a hunch and they start to invest based on that hunch um, instead of uh, really starting from the grounds up and, and asking themselves what's the best kind of investment active or passive that really fits their investment goals so I would say the daily habit is definitely to keep an open mind and to never be um, never be too intransigent uh, in accepting mm -hmm. advice. All right, and final question here. What do you do for fun? Um, I like to educate people. Um, I, and that's one of the reasons why I, I spoke to my team if we really wanted to get this course a goal. Uh, I actually, I like to educate people, not just on real estate. I, I am, uh, people often refer to me as a, as, as a Renaissance man. I, I don't, I'm not just interested in business. I, um, I am somewhat learned uh, more than the average person. Uh, in diverse fields such as uh, philosophy, linguistics, uh, uh, physics, especially quantum mechanics, um, as well as the uh, other parts of the natural sciences and the liberal arts. So I like to study all areas of knowledge and I like to, uh, to educate people on those. So that's, that's a nerd answer, I know, but that's, that's, a, that's a very true answer. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not the usual, I'm not the, I'm not the usual uh, real estate professional in the sense that uh, my my average uh, my my it's not that my uh, usual talking point when i speak to people is not usually about how the market is doing how the real estate market is doing or how the business is doing um so I'm, i like to talk to a lot of people on a lot of things so uh anybody who has anything yeah. interesting to share about i'm always willing to 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 open a year that's awesome all right so um, I'm just going to give you the chance to let our listeners how they can get in touch with you. If you want to share any place, whether it be your website, an email, or or, or a certain way they can get in touch with you. Uh, sure, we have uh, we our website is uh, zigger.com, uh, and uh, there's a lot of information on there. Um, uh, people who are interested in learning more can also visit our Facebook page, uh, when they uh, as well as our LinkedIn page when they type in Zigger Properties. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, you know, listeners who are interested, uh, they you're always welcome to text me at uh, uh, my number, which is nine one seven six eight zero two four one one, and just uh, let me know if you want to have a minute to chat. I am almost always available because I always dedicate time every day to uh, to teach people, educate people, and to see ways that I can work with people. So anybody can drop me a text, or they can email me at. Uh, MQ, M for me, QQ for Quebec at uh, uh, zegar.com. Zegar is spelled C E E G A R. I probably should have clarified that at the beginning. Yeah, no worries. I will, uh, I'll, what I'll do is I'll uh, put that on the show notes so people can get, it, can get in touch. And yeah, I appreciate it, Marcus. And listeners can get in touch with me if they want to uh, know more about multi unit computings or if they want to invest in something that can give them about 10% return in a safe and uh, a high return investment or simply if they are interested in learning more about real estate or if they're interested in the course which i'm which we're going to provide uh we, i will uh uh i will be happy i will be happy uh, marcus as i mentioned to you to uh, uh to provide a discount to the people who are listening to this podcast who who uh, who mentioned who mentioned your name uh and that's, awesome. that's a way to uh, you know, build a follow a bigger follower base for you and also help to spread awareness of the course. That's great. No, uh, you heard it from him there. If you're interested in that course, make sure you uh, look into the notes, show notes here and, and reach out to MQ and, and uh, 
that would be a great way to learn. So, um, all right. So MQ, no, I really appreciate your time. Really glad to have you on the show. You had shared an incredible amount of knowledge with us today, and I really appreciate you spending the time with us. So um, thanks again. And uh, yeah, I hope to talk to you soon and, and maybe we'll bring you on the show again soon. Sounds good, Marcus. Always happy to share with, uh, with interested folks. Thank you very much. And uh, it's, 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 uh, it's really a pleasure. Talk to you soon. If you want to get in touch with me directly to learn more about real estate or to see all of the available podcast episodes and show notes, visit my website, marcuscron.com. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. If you enjoy the podcast or if it provides value in any way, make sure to leave a five-star review. This helps the show attract top quality guests who will be able to provide even more insight into how you can build wealth through real estate. Talk to you next time.